liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome back to Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you guys for supporting me over on X or Twitter. Got uh, almost 100 subscribers over there. Just a reminder, I will be following back. Anybody that subscribes to me, it's just five bucks a month that helps support the show. I'll be following you guys back up to 100 and uh, we're almost there. So thank you guys for doing so. It really, really does help. And uh, we're going to start today's episode off. We've got a lot to cover, a lot to break down, lots of nonsense happening in the world as per usual, unfortunately. We're going to start with three Democrats, I think they're all Democrats, arguing with each other about economics. <laughs> and you already know it's going to suck. So we got Crystal and Sagar versus uh, Chris Matthews. There is real economic Well, there's people living at the there. edge where they, they, they can't raise 300 bucks if they need to. You've seen these studies. Yes. Exactly. You can't raise 300 bucks, right? So isn't there more to the, the problems for Biden and why he's tied with Trump? Well, then, then there's always the going to be problems. Hmm. But you just established as the American condition. Yeah. It's always going to be like this. Well, but that's right, very, Ronald that's Re very no, nihilistic, though. No, because we not saw, nihilistic. But, I'll tell you, but, Ronald Reagan got reelected in the morning in America. What's his unemployment rate? What do you think his unemployment rate was? I don't know. Seven. So, I mean, you can't just quantify and yeah, say... Yeah, but it's oh, not they... just about where people are. It's where they okay, feel they're going. Okay. And so during the pandemic, for example... My favorite thing about this is having three, like, coastal elites that don't know a fucking thing about the American people, like the real American people, talking about their economic conditions and, and you know, one side saying, oh, it's, you know, it's the worst thing ever, and the other side going, oh, it's not that bad. Well, okay, if it is that bad, well, that's just how it is for Americans, and it'll always be like that. <laughs> they're just so disconnected, man. Well, you know, there were a lot of problems. There was a lot of pain. But you also had a child tax credit that was put in place that genuinely reduced child poverty. You actually had homelessness significantly reduced okay. because you had eviction moratoriums. You had <laughs> expanded access to health care and you had actually suicides went down. Why is so Trump, why is Trump, but, why on, is Trump running on, even in, in Michigan? Hold on, hold on. So it is possible to improve the material condition of Americans. We've seen it throughout American history. We saw it just now in the Yeah, suicides are, you know, plummeting right now. Everybody knows that. And, uh. And the reason that there was less homeless is because less people were being evicted because <laughs> it was illegal to kick them out, even though they weren't paying. The economy's doing great, Crystal. Goodness gracious. Democrat solutions to problems are horrifying. Pandemic when right, the government okay. wants to deliver. So to say, to throw up your hands and say, well, this is just the American condition. Two billion dollars. I don't think that we're that's running a, We're running two trillion dollars in debt in full employment, which is basically mm -hmm. full employment. You can't have more expansive economic policies than that. You can't. You blow the you blow the whole thing. You did, you and it worked very well for people. Where? It worked well for lots of people who had more money in their bank account, and where childhood poverty was much lower. She's literally talking about the time during lockdowns when they were handing out more money to people because they couldn't work legally. What are you talking about, Crystal? This is so crazy. And and Chris Matthews is just as wrong, but like on a totally different level. Well, you know, so when, I, I, when was this? When was this? During, during the, the pandemic. pandemic. And then you also had, you know, well, during, during the, let's talk about the FDR era. I mean, we had a new deal that, you know, okay. built out the American middle class. This is the era you were growing up in, I know where you're right? coming from. Like I, Lower I, inequality. I so these things are possible. You can't just say, oh, well, well this is just how it is. You spend more money. Mm. Yeah. Spend more money. And tax the rich. Oh, okay. How, how are you going to do that? 
you're going to tax the rich. I how mean, do you, how do you do that? The wealthiest among us. Who Trump runs, gave, who, who Trump runs, gave, who runs the Trump U.S. Congress? Trump gave them a gigantic Who runs the U.S. Congress? The wealthy, but isn't that the part of the problem? So what's your argument? My argument is if the wealthy shouldn't be wealthy, and the Democrats should be running the Congress. Well, I no, guess what's your response, though? My I mean, argument are you just saying is, this is the American condition. We can't do anything more. Like right. this, this is stasis. We well, I can tell you, like we're running. We're running in something that's very close to rate more inflation. Uh -huh. Very close. So what do you do? You bring up. You bring up prices. If it, it look, demand pull. The more money you spend, the more prices go up. Right? Do we agree on that? Yeah. No, I actually don't fully agree on that. <laughs> Now you know why I had to cover this. <laughs> because when the government prints and spends money, it doesn't create inflation, according to Crystal. Now, I'm going to grant her this. There, she's, there, there's price inflation and then there's monetary inflation. So this is a little bit more complicated. And honestly, I don't actually expect Democrats to get this. But the fact that Chris Matthews is even willing to acknowledge that the more spending that the government does, the more the inflation is going to worsen. That's, I guess, a step in the right direction. Because part of what we saw coming out of the pandemic, you know, the the argument was, oh, it's just because of all the big government spending, because God forbid we give working class people a little bit of money in their pockets. At the same time, increasingly, we've seen a lot of the price increases were from corporations who decided okay. they could price gouge and okay. use the okay. excuse of inflation to mm -hmm. lift prices significantly. Okay. Now, that was seen as a fringe theory at the time when it was first floated, like just a bunch of lefty weirdos that think this. We now have increasing evidence that that was a big part of it. We also had, coming out of the pandemic, huge supply chain disruptions that were a real problem, and also the Ukraine war contributed to that significantly. So to just say, oh, they spent money and that's what happened, I think that's a very simplistic understanding of what was going okay. on. Oh, there's so much wrong with all of this. How am I supposed to break this down? It's like almost every word is wrong. All right, so yes, the the prices of goods did go up and and I mean, she's like she's like answering her own her own she's countering her own claim in real time. She's saying that price gouging was occurring, but she then references the supply chain breakdowns. Well, supply chain breakdowns make the, the material costs or more scarce, hence the price of those go up, which means that the price to the consumer goes up because the production side costs more. So the lockdowns themselves create some of that inflation. Now that's price inflation, not monetary inflation. Get it? Okay. So, <laughs> and then on top of that, she's complaining about these big businesses that are allegedly price gouging. Well, Crystal, the policies that you supported that labeled some businesses as being mandatory and necessary for survival, they stayed open. And their competitors, they were closed. And what happens when you have less competition? Well, you can charge more for your goods because you don't have someone competing with lower price options. So that's what happened. So they would, re they would react naturally to the fact that all of their competitors are shut down and they go, well, we can bump prices 5% here or there. Oh, also the supply chain screwed up. So our material input costs are, are increasing month over month very rapidly. So we're going to, um, we're going to increase the price regardless. We have to just to maintain our same profit margins from before the pandemic. But all of these are policies that you supported. Get it? So, and then, and then the audacity to talk about how the, the period of 2020 is in any way a sustainable worldview. To think that having the government shut down 
a huge percentage of the global economy and just print and hand out money to the peasants who are enslaved and say, we're going to be okay. This, this is in fact reducing income inequality. This is alleviating poverty. We're gonna do away with property rights and make it so that there's no foreclosures or evictions for a time. And that will help with the homelessness crisis. What are you talking about? What are you even saying? It's so fucking moronic, it's painful. So of course I'm gonna continue. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> disagree. Yeah. I, I, I argue that uh, the more gov government spending, whether government or from the private sector or investment or consumer spending, all that spending drives up prices. Yes. All that drives up prices. So you think we need to spend less? Yes. If you want to have less, less inflation. Okay. Um, so we sp talked here about inflation. I want to ask you about the media. I grew up kind of watching you on, on t television. This show, uh, kind of our popularity and the existence of a lot of the internet has kind of been in reaction to cable news of which you were a product of for decades. Why do you think that trust in media right now is so low? Too many uh, voices. Uh, too, too many. Too many. Oh, different voices. Uh, you can watch Fox and you can watch MSNBC or CNN and you can watch different stories. So you just think optionality is what has reduced trust? Trust is the problem of all media uh -huh. because you have to give the whole picture like you have to talk inflation you have yeah. to talk prices you have to put it all together right and, and you're trying to run an american economy that's healthy and uh the, for example if you talk about hunter why not talk about jared sure well we, we, we do that no 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 no, no yeah. just a minute yeah that, yeah. That, yeah who 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 else does that uh not very many no anybody right anybody right so nobody talks about the holistic situation of relatives and how they might be exploiting the situation. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, that's a problem. We agree. Because everybody who's watching, well, the Wii U is right yeah. here, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's limited. Right, well. Uh, <laughs> Disagree? Yeah. I, I, I argue that uh, the more gov government spending, whether government or from the private sector or investment or consumer spending, all that spending drives up prices. Yes. All that drives up prices. So you think we need to spend less? Yes. If you want to have less, less inflation. Okay. Um, so we sp talked here about inflation. I want to ask you about the media. I grew up kind of watching you on, on t television. This show, uh, kind of our popularity and the existence of a lot of the internet has kind of been in reaction to cable news of which you were a product of for decades. Why do you think that trust in media right now is so low? Too many uh, voices. Uh, too, too many. many. Too many. Oh, different voices. Uh, you can watch Fox and you can watch MSNBC or CNN and you can watch different stories. So you just think optionality is what has reduced trust? Trust is the problem of all media uh -huh. because you have to give the whole picture. Like you have to talk inflation, you have yeah. to talk prices, you have to put it all together. Right. And, and you're trying to run an American economy that's healthy. And uh, the, for example, if you talk about Hunter, why not talk about Jared? Sure. Well, we, we, we do that. No, 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 yeah. just a minute. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. Who, who, who else does that? Uh, not very many. No, anybody. Right. Anybody. Right. So nobody talks about the holistic situation of relatives and how they might be exploiting the situation. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. Well, we agree. Because everybody who's watching, well, the Wii U is right yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's limited. Right. So who else is doing that? Well, who I mean, else is doing uh, the whole picture when they talk about things like, who's talking limited. about inflation 
and the problems of the poor and everything else and homelessness and putting it all together. And you're right. talking this one point of view, putting it all together. What happens to the average person, the middle class family that has to pay, pay bills? When prices go up, they got to pay. When you're retired, you don't have any income coming in. That's already there. It's fixed. Uh -huh. These are realities. You that part was no notable just because he was acknowledging that if the American people are given options, it, it decreases trust because they actually hear countering viewpoints. Think about how incredible of an admission that is. That like, he's like, well, when we only had three channels and you only had three newscasters to pick from and they all took the same talking points from the CIA, well, there was a lot of trust. Well, yeah, Chris, there was. But was that a good thing? Was it a good thing, Chris Matthews? No. No, it's not a good thing. Because when you don't have options, then you can actually, it's a monopoly. It's the exact same phenomenon that we were just talking about with the economy. That if you don't have options, there's not competition. So the product decreases in terms of quality. So now shows like mine exist and a thousand other great ones out there. And you guys are fucked because you can't compete with me because I'm actually telling my audience the truth. And when I don't know exactly what the truth is, I tell my audience that. And you guys never do because you're paid professional propagandists. You're liars. So your industry's dying, which is why you partner with Google and the political class to try and create censorship protocols to get people like me gone. But it won't work because the American people have had a taste of truth and honesty, and they're not going backwards now. So your whole game is up. And you have no one to blame but yourselves because you could have tried to give a holistic approach as you describe chris matthews who still sits on national news forever and ever you could have actually changed things while you were in that position of authority but you opted not to as did all of your compatriots you lied to the american people decade after decade you put us into wars unnecessarily you allowed for us to become drug-addled, suicidal lunatics at your direction, at your propaganda push. You lied about lockdowns. You lied about the financial repercussions of them. You lied about masking and vaccines and COVID, the origin, everything else. And we know it. And you can't put that genie away. It's out. It's all around you. So enjoy. Enjoy your irrelevancy as people with no support staff and no budget eat your lunch. That's what's happening. It's glorious to behold. All the black-pilled people out there, listen to me. My episode from two days ago is already approaching 20,000 downloads. A, a nightly show on CNN is lucky to break six figures. I'm just one dude with no support system whatsoever. And I'm doing a fifth of a bunch of millionaire talking heads that have a support staff a dozen deep with advertiser revenue, with all sorts of, uh, of, of, of backup and network support that, that put billboards up in Times Square to try and get people to tune in. Zero marketing budget. And I do a fifth of what they do. You're done for. Do you understand that? Do you understand how fucking done for you are? That you can't possibly compete with the independent media. The only hope you have, literally the only hope, is to try and deplatform and ban us, and that's what you're trying to do. 
Because in a truly free market where the market decides where the consumer and the viewer and the audience gets to have their pick of the litter, you're fucking toast. You're done and never to re never to reemerge. The only reason you have any audience at this point is because half or more of your audience doesn't know how to work the YouTubes. They're clueless. And they're not going to be around much longer, dude. So, bye-bye. You're toast. And not a moment too soon. And God, is it so deserved. So deserved. We've got an, an article that was one of the funniest things I've read in a very, very long time. So I'm going to break it down for you and with you. This is from The Guardian. It says, everything you've been told is a lie, in quotes. Inside the wellness to fascism pipeline. <laughs> By James Ball, August 2nd. All right. <laughs> One minute you're doing the downward dog. The next you're listening to conspiracy theories about COVID or the new world order. How did the desire to look after yourself become so toxic? Jane, not her real name, is nervous about speaking to me. She has asked that I don't identify her or the small South Coast Devon town in which she lives. I'm feeling disloyal because I'm talking about people I've known for 30 to 40 years, she says. Jane isn't trying to blow the whistle on government, corruption, or organized crime. She wants to tell me about her old meditation group. The group had met happily for decades, she says, aligned around a shared interest in topics, including environmental issues, spiritual issues, and alternative health. It included several people whom Jane considered close friends, and she thought they were all on the same page. Then COVID came. Jane spent most of the first COVID lockdowns in London. During that time, she caught COVID and was hospitalized, and it was then that she realized something significant had changed. A friend from the group got in touch while she was on the, on the ward. I had somebody I considered a real best friend of mine on the phone telling me, no, I didn't have COVID, she says. She was absolutely adamant, and I said, well, why do you think I went into the hospital? The friend conceded that Jane was ill, but insisted it must be something other than COVID-19 because COVID wasn't real. Jane's hospital stay was thankfully short, but by the time she was sufficiently recovered and restrictions had lifted enough to allow her to rejoin her meditation group, things were really different. Or very different. Uh, they have been mo moving generally to far-right views, bordering on racism and really pro-Russian views <laughs> with the Ukraine war, she says. It started very much with health, with COVID doesn't exist, anti-lockdown, anti-mass, and it became anti-everything. The BBC lied. Don't listen to them. Follow what you see on the internet. I, I just love, I love this arc because it's like, <laughs> I love that it's far right uh, just to have any, any disagreements on essentially the entire mainstream narrative, you know? <laughs> she's just like it's boring on racism at this point i look it's not overtly racist but seeing as they disagree with me i've been told uh quite definitively that that must mean racism is is abundant here things came to a head when one day before a meditation ses session an act an activity designed to relax the mind and spirit pushing away all worldly concerns the group played a conspiratorial video arguing that 15 minute cities and low traffic zones were part of a global plot jane finally gave up well, Jane, you shouldn't have given up. Clint Russell here. Just happy to inform you that, in fact, that is a global plot. <laughs> and you can actually look up World Economic Forum leaders as they talk about it. But uh, 
I'm guessing you won't. This apparent radicalization of a nice middle-class hippie-ish group feels as if it should be a one-off, but the reality is very different. The wellness to woo pipeline, or even wellness to fascist pipeline, has become a cause of concern to people who study conspiracy theories. It doesn't stop with a few videos shared amongst friends either. One of the leaders of the German branch of the QAnon movement, a conspiracy founded on the belief that Donald Trump was doing battle with a cabal of satanic pedophiles led by Hillary Clinton, George Soros, among others, was at first best known as the author of vegan cookbooks. In 2021, Attila Hildman helped lead a protest that turned violent, with protesters storming the steps of Germany, Germany's parliament. Such was his radicalism in QAnon and online far-right circles that he was under investigation in connection with multiple alleged offenses. But he fled Germany for Turkey before he could be arrested. Similarly, Jacob Chansley, our guy, aka the QAnon shaman, one of the most visible faces of the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, thanks to his face paint and horned headgear, is a practitioner of shamanic arts who eats natural and organic foods and has more than once been described as an eco-fascist. Thanks to well, well, make that more than once. Make that three times because you just did it. Thanks to wellness, QAnon is a conspiracy that can draw in the mum who shops at Holland and Barrett and her Andrew Tate watching teenage son. <laughs> the QAnon conspiracy is one of the most dangerous in the world. Directly linked to attempted insurrection in the U.S. and Germany and mass shootings in multiple countries. And wellness is helping to fuel it. Something about the strange mixture of mistrust of the mainstream, the intimate nature of the relationship between a therapist, spiritual advisor, or even personal trainer, and their client, combined with the conspiratorial world in which we now live, is giving rise to a new kind of radicalization. How did we end up here? There are many people interested in spiritualism, alternative medicine, meditation, or personal training, whose views fall well within the mainstream, and more who, if they have niche views, choose not to share them with their clients. But even a cursory online request about this issue led to me being deluged with responses, despite most experiences being far less intense than Jane's. Jane's, hers really wasn't intense. Nothing happened. Um, anyways, uh, no one wanted to put their name to their story. Something about the closeness of wellness interactions makes people loathe to commit a betrayal, it seems. One person recounted how her pole dancing instructor... <laughs> Her pole dancing instructor would, while up the pole, hanging on with her legs, explain how the CIA was covering up evidence of aliens and offer tips on avoiding alien abduction. <laughs> A physiotherapist would tell me while working on my back with me lying face down about her weekly meetings in London about current affairs. Another said there was a whiff about it, but it was ignorable. Then, the last time I saw her, she muttered darkly about the Rothschilds, a common target of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and people like that. I didn't go back. Some people's problems escalated when their personal trainer learned about their work. I had three successive personal trainers who were anti-vax. <laughs> One Belgian, two Swiss. Well, they're young and healthy and fit, so maybe it doesn't matter. I was told by a British man who has spent most of the past decade working in Europe for the World Economic Forum, which organizes the annual summit at Davos for politicians and the world's elite. It was hard because I used to argue with all of them, and the Swiss made life very difficult for the unvaccinated, but the Swiss bloke insisted that with the right mental attitude and exercise, you could defeat any illness. I was always asking what would happen if he got rabies. <laughs> Just give up. Just turn to the medical industrial complex. Just let them fix everything. Please, silence. Sheep, don't think for yourself. Uh, when the trainer found out the man worked for the World Economic Forum, he was immediately cut off. I like it. Other respondents' stories covered everything from yoga to Reiki, 
Weightlifters to alternative dog trainers. I don't even know what that means. Alternative dog trainers. Interesting. The theories they shared ranged from extreme versions of wellness-related conspiracies about the risk of 5G and Wi-Fi, or Microsoft founder Bill Gates plotting with vaccines, to 15-minute cities, pedophile rings, and bigger conspiracies. Is there a reason why people under the wellness and fitness umbrella might be prone to being induced into conspiracy? Well, they do think for themselves. It is not that difficult to imagine why young men hitting the gym might be susceptible to QAnon and its ilk. This group spends a lot of time online. There's a supposed crisis of masculinity ma manifesting in the incel, involuntary celibacy movement, and similar. And numerous right-wing influencers have been targeting this group. Added in a masculine gym culture and a community already keen to look for the secrets of getting healthy. And there's a lot for a conspiracy theory to hook itself onto. Well, I'll, I'll actually agree to this to a certain extent. Um, deceit is so rampant that everyone is looking for answers elsewhere. So yeah, they're going to find some answers that are bullshit. That's kind of how it works. Maybe you should be more upset with the people that continuously lie to us. I don't know. Call me crazy. Or conspiracy theorists. Whatever. What is more interesting, surely, is how women old enough to be these men's mothers find themselves sucked in by the same rhetoric. These are often people with more life experience who have completed their education and been working often for decades and have apparently functional adult lives. <laughs> but as Caroline Criado Perez, author of Invisible Women Exposing Data Bias in the World Designed for Men, observes... The answer may lie in, a, in looking at why women turn to wellness and alternative medicine in the first place, because they're looking for a young buck. Far too often, we blame women for turning to alternative medicine, painting them as credulous and even dangerous, she says, but the blame does not lie with the women. No, it never does. It lies with the gender data gap. <laughs> Thanks to hundreds of years of treating the male body as the default in medicine, we simply do not know enough about how disease manifests in the female body. Oh, there's a biological difference between the two. You gotta be fucking kidding me. What? No. This lady's a conspiracy theorist. How could you even think such a stupid thing? Uh, women are overwhelmingly more likely than men to suffer from autoimmune disorders. Impossible. We're all the same. Chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And such patients often hit a point at which their doctors tell them there is nothing they can do. The conditions are under-researched and the treatments are often brutal. Is it any surprise that trust in conventional medicine and big pharma is shaken? Yeah, that's a good question. There should be no surprise that there's trust lost in all of the institutions. Dum-dum. And is it any surprise that people look for something to fill that void? No, no, it's not a surprise. Criado Perez says, what kind of a word name is that? Criado. If we want to address the trend of women seeking help outside mainstream medicine, it's not the women we need to fix. It's mainstream medicine. Well, okay. So maybe it's not the conspiracy theorists we need to fix. It's the theories offered by the corporate news or our politicians or Hollywood. Or any talking head. Huh? The sense of conspiracies filling a void is an important one. Academic researchers of conspiracy theories have speculated about whether their rise in the 20th century is related to the decline of religion. I think it is. In a strange way, the idea that a malign cabal is running the world while far more warring than a benevolent god is less scary than the idea that no one is in charge and everything is chaos. People who have a reason to mistrust the mainstream pillars of society, government, doctors, the media, teachers, are more likely to turn to conspiracy theories for explanations as to why the world is like it is. Yes, they are. Peter Knight, professor of American studies at the University of Manchester, who has studied conspiracy theories and their history, notes that the link between alternative therapies and conspiracies is at least a century old and has been much ignored. 
New Age and conspiracy theories both see themselves as counter-knowledges that challenge what they see as received wisdom, he says. Conspiracy theories prove provide the missing link, turbocharging the existing account of what's happening by claiming that it is not just the result of chance or the unintended consequences of policy choices, but the result of a deliberate secret plan, whether by a big pharma, corrupt scientist, the military industrial complex, or big tech. Night, no Night notes an extra factor, though the wellness pipeline has become a codependency. Many far-right or conspiracy sites now fund themselves through supplements or fitness products, usually by hyping how the mainstream doesn't want the audience to have them. Alex Jones, the U.S. conspiracist, who for a decade claimed that Sandy Hook uh, can't even say that. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to say it. Uh, during the case that emerged, he had made a huge amount of money by selling his own branded wellness products. Alex Jones perfected the grift of selling snake oil supplements and pepper kit to the libertarian white right wing via his conspiracy theory media channels. Hello, that's me. Uh, but it was COVID that led to the most direct connections between far-right conspiracies and wellness cultures. The measures introduced to curb the pandemic were viewed as attacks on individual sovereignty. They were, which is the core value of both the wellness and libertarian alt-right conspiracy communities. Hey, that's me. The problem is it rarely stops libertarians. Good. While they may not recognize it, those drawn in from the left are increasingly ending up in the same place as their right-wing counterparts. Welcome aboard! Although many of the traditional left-leaning alternative health and wellness advocates might reject some of the more racist forms of right-wing conspiracism, they now increasingly share the same online spaces and memes. He says before concluding, they both start from the position that everything we are told is a lie, correct, and the authorities can't be trusted. Also true. <laughs> Society's discussions of QAnon, anti-vaxxers, and other fringe conspiracies is heavily focused on what happens in digital spaces, perhaps too much so, to the exclusion of all else. The solution, though, is unlikely to be mic uh, microphones in every gym and treatment room monitoring what gets said to clients. Oh, oh, thanks. You're not gonna, you're not gonna put microphones in every gym and treatment room and monitor what, what we're saying. No, that, thanks, thanks. Definitely not making me a conspiracy theorist that you would even uh, hint at that being a solution. Uh, the better question to ask is what has made these practitioners and all too often their clients so susceptible to these messages in the first place? For QAnon to be the most convincing answer, what someone has heard before must have been completely unsatisfactory. No, no, actually. It's not just that what they've heard before is unsatisfactory. It's that you're actively lying to us. It's that Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison and Jeffrey Epstein was taken out before he could even go there while he was in a jail. And you don't ask any questions because you don't think at all because you read the guardian every day i'd imagine oh god jane has her own theory as to why her wellness group got radicalized and she did not and it's one that aligns with concerns from conspiracy experts too i love that conspiracy experts bunch of fucking quacks i think it's the isolation she concludes citing lockdown as the catalyst well maybe you shouldn't have locked us down jane before noting the irony that conspiracies then kick off a cycle of increasing isolation by forcing believers to reject the wider world. No, you locked us in our houses. We couldn't leave. So, yeah, it becomes very isolating because then their attitude is all mainstream media. They lie about everything. Well, they do. Uh, the other pandemic. Uh, da -da -da. I guess that's it. Wow. Interesting. That's a weird way to end it. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Jane and uh what's your name fuck you where you at where you at james ball uh don't like you don't like you very much all right so why did i read that to you well 
because I think it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it's obviously insulting. <laughs> First off, it's obviously insulting. Um, everything that you called us conspiracy theories about, uh, we got right. I mean, at least me. Tell me something I got wrong. That was a conspiracy theory. Tell me. Tell me something I got wrong. You can't. You can't. Because I'm not just theorizing. I'm actually using our enemy's own words. When they lay out a plan about a 15-minute city and they say you're not going to be able to exit your town except for, you know, XYZ purposes. And, you know, it's all for your convenience and for your health and your, you know, it's to improve your lifestyle. You can own nothing and you'll be happy. You know, all these things. We see it for what it is. It's propaganda to try and convince us that giving up autonomy over our own lives is to our benefit. We saw what that looks like in 2020, the period that we allegedly became radicalized. Because instead of Alex Jones warning about crazy nonsense like lockdowns coming or a pandemic, well, it actually happened. There was a pandemic and a lockdown. And then we were all stuck in our houses. I was actually forced to shut down, or not forced, but more or less forced to shut down my business. So I was just left at home to research and read and think. Bad news for you, Jane. So if you didn't do that, if you sat at home and you watched CNN the whole time, I can understand why you're concerned about all the other people that stayed home and learned something. But we did, and we can't unlearn it. The truth of the situation is that we are lied to almost always by the people in positions of power. And you don't have, this is not a conspiracy theory to say it. I can prove it to you. Just look at the past three years, Jane. What's wrong with you? How many boosters are you on? You feeling okay? All right, just checking. Um, so yeah, you created this mess. We didn't. Now, I'll grant you this. When people are left in a position of unknowing, when they're left in a position of anxiety and confusion, some people are going to gravitate towards some nonsense. Now, I am not going to uh, claim to be such a uh, knowledgeable individual that I can actually demonstrate to you which of the conspiracy theories are utter nonsense. I tend to think that the aliens one might be. I don't know. I think it's also possible that aliens have visited. I don't know. All of the evidence provided uh, by the government has been severely lacking at this point. So I'm not buying any of that. But there are some conspiracy theories out there that are nonsense. For instance, in my humble opinion, the one about Donald Trump, uh, you know, being the real president of the United States and coming back to power any day now and how there's already tribunals that are happening behind the scenes and that all these people are going to go to jail. I don't believe any of it. I think it's all nonsense. I think it's all cope. And I think it's probably a psychological operation to actually get the MAGA supporters to be uh, quiet and calm. That's my read of it. A lot of people disagree with me. But they didn't, they didn't choose that path. They were left with no answers about anything at all. So when they, when they were given a bunch of lies and no answers, they were forced to start to listen to other people and they were forced to start to do their own research. And some of those you know, things they read and some of those people that lead them astray, they're going to they're gonna follow those people. It's just, it's going to happen. They have ne many of these people have never had, have been forced to think for themselves. Many people are doing it for the first time. So they're going to fall prey to being led astray. They're going to follow some people that lead them astray. That's tragic, but... I'd still, I, I personally would rather them be doing that 
than continuing to listen to the corporate news, honestly, because the corporate news is as nefarious as it gets because they know exactly what they're doing. Maybe not the talking heads, but the people that are actually giving them their scripts, they know exactly what they're doing when they mislead the American people. And it's not to our benefit. So you made this bed, Jane, lay in it. Speaking of lunatic conspiracy theorists, David Brooks, New York Times columnist, has something to tell you. I, I agree with Ruth that the Phillips idea that there's some mystery moderate governor uh, the Democrats can turn to. There's a lot of problems with Joe Biden running for re-election, his age primarily. Uh, his approval ratings are low. But anytime you look at some alternative, whether it's the mystery moderate from the Midwest or Gavin Newsom or anybody else, things start unraveling really fast. And so the Democrats are lucky, frankly, to have a, a candidate in Biden who has presided over an incredibly strong economic recovery, who has presided over. <laughs> only, only a New York Times uh, commentator or journalist could actually be this delusional, right? Like, is it even possible to be more detached from reality? Good God, man over pretty good international peacemaking efforts both in Asia this week and also in Europe uh, and who I believe whose numbers will go up as inflation recedes as it is and the strong job numbers are there and they're extremely lucky to have a candidate frankly who's not a member of um, what you'd call the coastal elite and Joe Biden has sends off all the right cult cultural messages for moderate independent voters who don't have college degrees and Democrats um, are not grateful enough for what they have, in my view. <laughs> His approval rating sits at 42%. All right. Um, man, where do I begin with this one? He's done pretty good with peacemaking. He's got us on the cusp of World War III, David. What peace? What peacemaking? I guess because he followed through with Trump's withdrawal plans in Afghanistan, he's peacemaking so that he could immediately pivot and increase the military industrial complex spending in Ukraine. Is that the peace that we're talking about? How about the hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians that have unfortunately been killed or the Russians for that matter? Any concern there? Is that peace, David? The fuck are you talking about, man? What about the escalatory trap with Taiwan and China? Peacemaking? Have you seen any? I haven't. So yeah, crazy, number one. Two, the economy fucking sucks, David. You may not know it because you live in New York in your penthouse writing for the New York Times, but the rest of us out in real world, it ain't good, dude. It ain't fucking good. When you go to the grocery store and you're like, uh, do I need to take out a second mortgage on my home to buy groceries? The economy isn't doing good in that situation. Do I have to explain to you why? I know you probably don't shop for yourself, so maybe you're unaware of the increases, but they have been fucking crazy, bro. Crazy. And that's a product of the printing and the spending. Now, Trump is responsible for that too, but your guy hadn't improved upon it. And the fact that the inflation rate is down to 4 or 5% per annum or on a monthly uh, you know, registry or measurement, that's horrible, dude. Our economy is not doing great, and we are dealing with terrible inflation. We're basically in a stagflationary period. GDP sucks. The economy sucks. Wages aren't going up nearly as fast as the inflation rate. 
And while the inflation rate has come down from 9 or 10%, and that's your government figures, not fucking the real world inflation figures, down to 4 or 5%, which is still government figures and not real world figures, that still sucks, dude. 4 or 5% kills us. If you, if you allow that to run for 20 years, you end up losing a crazy, like, half of your life savings or half of your purchasing power moving forward. It's devastating to us, the normal people, the ones that actually produce the food and goods that you purchase from the store. Well, you don't, but your maid probably does. So I know you're not familiar with this, dude, but hi, real world here. Just thought you should know this economy fucking sucks. And also, no one in their right mind views Joe Biden as the everyman, the non-coastal elite. He's been in fucking D.C. for 50 years. Do you think we relate to him at all because he says, aw shucks, and talks about his leg hair? Or sniffs a kid here and there? Do you think that makes him relatable to me? Because it fucking doesn't, and I don't know anybody that feels that way. Literally no one that feels as if Joe Biden relates to them. Now, if I was a Ukrainian gas line or gas pipeline operator, I might feel a little bit of kinship to him. If I worked for Visa or MasterCard and he helped me with uh, bankruptcy laws, I might feel some kinship to him. I might feel like, okay, he's one of us. But the coal miners, the farmers, the people that actually work, the guy who drives Uber, whose gas prices are through the roof and can't afford groceries. No, no, he doesn't feel fucking related. He doesn't feel as if Joe Biden relates to him, that he's not a coastal elite. He comes across as an aloof asshole. The fact that he gives a no comment as a thousand people potentially are incinerated in Maui. Yeah, he comes across, across exactly as you describe to the contrary. He comes across as a coastal elite that couldn't give less of a fuck about the American people. Not at all. He doesn't seem to care at all about the american people what about ohio what about when they, when they had the fucking like apocalyptic black cloud over ohio because that train uh that train crash did did joe did joe come across as a man of the people motherfucker's been on vacation more than like he's done any work now granted i don't think the president does much of anything but just an optics wise I don't think anyone's buying this narrative anymore that he's not some fucking dc elite that he's actually you know an everyman it's just a lie and no one's falling for it. No one. Donald Trump doesn't even pretend to. He just says, I don't hate you. And we go, all right, that seems feasible. Joe Biden goes, I'm one of you. And we go, fuck you, dude. No, you're not. No, you're not one of us. And neither is Donald Trump. But at least he's, he's you know, honest enough to acknowledge it. He's like, I shit on a gold toilet, bro. Do you think I'm one of you? No. No, obviously I'm not. I'm clearly better than you, but I also don't hate you. Because you're an American, and I like that. And you like me, and I like that. Because I'm an egotistical maniac, and I like you when you like me. But Joe Biden, on the other hand, he just lies and profits and apparently uh, you know, thinks that everything's going great. And that the Democrats should be lucky to have a candidate like him. Are you out of your fucking mind, David Brooks? Are you out of your mind? You think we should feel lucky? Sorry, I know you're talking to the Democrats. I guess the Democrats should feel lucky. You're right. Compared to Kamala <laughs> or Kevin Newsom, like literally spawn of Satan. I guess so. I guess so. But that just shows how fucking shallow your bench is, bro. And you're like, <laughs> we should be grateful that we have a guy who's clearly deteriorating right before our eyes. 
that that half of America isn't even sure he's alive. You know, many people just they're like, he's probably an AI at this point. And that's okay, because maybe he'll do less damage. I don't really know. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess he that's you're lucky. You're lucky to have him, David Brooks. And I wish you well in the next election running him. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Speaking of how lucky we are to have Joe Biden as our candidate, let's hear what they have to say. So there's no legal basis uh, for the CIA to withhold the documents that are being requested. This is former uh, director of national intelligence. That's DNI John. Radcliffe under the Trump administration. Um, there's no privilege that attaches and there's no classified information because uh, there are no classified documents uh, surrounding Hunter Biden his laptop. As I, you know, as I said, when I was the director of national intelligence publicly on October 19th of 2020, Hunter Biden's laptop is not Russian disinformation. That was the official position of the intelligence community. Um, and yet, despite that, there was this coordinated uh, campaign to mislead the American people and the American voter right before the election. Many people played a role in that. Democratic, uh, you know, politicians like Adam Schiff and, you know, the current Secretary of State and the, and the media that supports them and the Department of Justice and the FBI. But clearly the intelligence community, specifically the CIA, played a, played a role in that. These 51 former intelligence officials, um, you know, uh, not only put out this letter that was deliberately false and intentionally uh, uh, intended to mislead the American voter, but the but the the facts and evidence show now, Rachel, that they had help within the CIA with actual CIA employees who supported and solicited signatures for a letter that uh, that they knew to be false and was contrary to the official position of the intelligence community. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I think, you know, I'm glad that there's focus on this. You know, there's been so much, uh, you know, talk about a two-tiered system of justice and the role that the Department of Justice and the FBI played here. But there ought to be focus on the intelligence community because uh, both in 2016 and in 2020, you did have... Uh, attempts to interfere with the election. You know, I declassified John Brennan's notes from 2016 where he briefed President Obama, Vice President Biden, and the entire Obama administration that it was not the Russians, but Hillary Clinton that created the Russia collusion uh, narrative. And then in 2020, of course, you had the Hunter Biden laptop interference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing any of my longtime viewers don't already know. Um, but I just think it's, it's important to, to realize that these, once again, Jane, hi, uh, these conspiracy theories that we've been talking about, they're not conspiracy theories. They are conspiracies, but they're real. If, for instance, that John Brennan acknowledged that he had, he had already sat down and consulted with the Obama administration in the lead up to Trump, Trump's presidency, when they opted to, when Hillary had planted the Steele dossier and then, or, you know, paid for it, and then uh, started to spy on him before he was even the president. I mean, from not even day one, from day zero, from a hundred days or 200 days prior to Trump being the president, they were already spying on this guy. So, I mean, this is the primary reason I don't buy the narrative when people say, oh, Trump's controlled opposition. Well, if he is, it's certainly unwitting because he didn't know. There's no way this guy was going along with that stuff. He was being spied on when he looked as if he had no shot of actually being the president of the United States. So to me, that means that they're probably spying on any major contender for the presidency. That's an outsider. That's the key. Cause if you're not an outsider, they don't need to spy on you. 
you just go, hey, this is what I'm doing. You can <laughs> send all the spies you want. I don't really care. I'm one of you. Um, but yeah, he's exactly right. In 2016, there was the, uh, the Russian collusion lie, and they knew it was a lie. And they wrote that letter and had 51 current and former uh, intelligence officials sign on to a knowing lie. They lied to the American people in the week leading up to the presidential election. And they have the audacity to talk about election interference or election stealing or theft or any of this nonsense with Trump. You kidding me? Trump, who, by the way, says he's looking for legal remedies. He's saying, hey, sue whoever you gotta. We gotta figure out what's up with these votes. That, that to them, that's the real election interference. Not what they did. Not having... CIA and FBI officials lie through their fucking teeth to the American people as they knowingly misinform us in the week prior to an election, as they knowingly lie to big tech to get them to uh, you know, ban or suspend accounts that are sharing the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop story in the lead up to the election in 2020. So 2016 and 2020, they did the same thing, knowingly lying. They, they possessed Hunter Biden's laptop. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. The FBI had it. They had it in their possession. Do you understand that? They had it in their possession and they still misinformed Twitter and all these other big tech platforms, social media platforms, to get them to hide, derank, deboost, suspend, and ultimately blacklist some, um, some, real, some real journalists as well as just people sharing this stuff. They made it impossible for us to DM it to one another. They put warnings about how the links might be, you know, viruses or dangerous or whatever. This was a full court press to misinform, mislead, and ultimately interfere in the election. This is why I've been so disappointed in the Trump administration's consistent hammering on the actual votes themselves. Respectfully, Donald, if you believe the election was stolen, you ought to be focusing on what I'm talking about. That the, that the entire intelligence agency, including the Obama administration, Joe Biden, who was the vice president at the time, was sitting in that fucking room. He knew too. Hillary Clinton. All of them. Hello? Hello? Are you hearing me? They misled the American people, not once, but twice, intentionally and knowingly with lies. Now, I guess you could just say, well, that's, that's politics, Clint, and we should just accept that. Okay, maybe so. Maybe so. But if that's the case, then the gloves are off. Because if you feel as if you can do that, well, then Donald Trump certainly has every right to fire back however he sees fit, doesn't he? I don't, I don't want to live in that world. That's not my preference. But if that's the game, I'm looking at the board. I got to know how to play it, right? And if you're cheating and I'm just sitting there playing by the rules, I'm going to lose every time. So you're forcing me into a position of having to cheat. You get it? But you set these rules. So don't get mad at me. And don't try and put the motherfucker in prison for 700 years. 700 years because he's trying to fight back. Come on. We all see what this is. If you can't see it by now, I don't know. I don't know how, how, more I can ex how much more I can explain it. Or how, how I can do so better. It's so obvious. They manipulate, lie, cheat, and steal. And then when you go, hey, let's go to the courts and see if we can get this rectified, they go, prison forever. 
That's what's happening right in front of your face. They are criminalizing dissent in this country. And as I've said a thousand times, not even a Trump supporter, just acknowledging the reality. They are trying to crush political dissent in this country. Crush it. And it might work. So that's the main reason I'm going to be rounding up the troops and trying to, to you know, kind of push back against this stuff and, and make sure that people are aware of, like, how perilous this is. Because I feel like a lot of people are either either giving up or they're thinking that this is like, it's all just going to go away. And it's neither. There's no reason to give up, but it also ain't going to go away or fix itself. It requires the American people to actually be thinking for themselves, voicing what they see happening in the world and demanding actual justice, not this bastardized version of justice system that we have today. We'll see if it prevails. I don't know. Trump's lead is even larger. So these are three polls that were out over the last week. Look at these leads for Donald Trump. He's at 62 percent of the CBS News YouGov poll, 57 percent in Quinnipiac University, 53 percent of the Fox News poll. Look at where DeSantis is in all these polls. Look how far back he is. He doesn't crack 20 percent in any of them. So in Iowa, you have that 20 plus point lead for Donald Trump. That's actually smaller than the lead we see nationally, where we see these leads of 35, 40, near 50 points in this particular case. Of course, the primary is one thing. If Trump wins the primary, can he go on and win the general election? And we've had three polls that have come out over the last week here. And I want you to take a look at how close this race is at this particular point. Granted, the general election is over a year away. The largest lead for Joe Biden is just three points within the margin of error. No clear leader. Look at these. One point, one point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. This is significantly closer than where we were four years ago. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. This race is very, very close. And Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 2020 After cycle. four indictments. After four indictments. It just doesn't really matter. seem to matter. That's <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that makes me. And again, not because I'm rooting for Trump, just simply because it means your propaganda ain't working, that people don't buy any of this. Think about that. At this same time, in the lead up to the 2020 election, Biden had a double digit lead. Right now he's hanging on by a fingernail. Now, granted, Biden's barely functioning and he ought to be losing by 30 points at this point. But regardless, the fact that he's not winning by a landslide, given that there's four fucking indictments against a former president who was impeached twice, who has been described as Hitler and racist and all these crazy things nonstop for years and years on end. He's also, <laughs> been, uh, I forget the exact charge that he was uh, not found guilty of, but liable for with the Eugene Carroll case. You know, basically, you know, half of the country thinks that he's a rapist or something crazy like that. Um, he's facing 700 years in prison. Uh, he's a, he's accused of an insurrection, of a coup. I mean, the list of claims against Donald Trump goes on and on. And the guy is still neck and neck with Joe Biden. Do you understand how crazy that is? Do you understand how crazy that is? And then you got to understand in that poll, probably half the people don't even believe that Trump will be not behind bars to be able to actually run for president. So, yeah, man, if I were the Democrats, I'd be real nervous. I personally, I think that if he's not removed from the ballot, uh, 
in a bunch of key swing states as Gavin Newsom actually uh, pushed today with the state assembly to try and get Trump permanently removed from the ballot for the 2024 election. Crazy. If they do that, that is so evil. Um, but I mean, if they, if they don't do that, I honestly think he's going to win. I honestly do. And I don't see who could beat him on the GOP side or the Democrat side. Like there is, and, and just to clarify why I believe that it is not about Donald Trump for me in particular, because I, I hate what he allowed to happen in 2020, hate it. And the inflation that we're dealing with today is largely a part of it. The fact that we have such a psychological breakdown and, and uh, lack of cultural cohesion, the fact that every, everything seems to be like breaking down around us. A lot of that has to do with his failures to stand up when we needed him most. So let me make that point clear first and foremost. But the reason, the reason that people are looking at him and saying, that's my guy still, even in the face of all this, is because they all feel aggrieved by everybody in power right now. And while I think many of them even feel how I do, where they don't like what Donald Trump did in 2020 either, they're still looking at him going, they hate me, they're coming after me. They hate him, they're coming after him. He must be me too. He must be one of us. They were talking earlier about how Joe Biden is still viewed as not a coastal elite, that he's one of us kind of, kind of mantra. No, 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 no. The American people feel like Donald Trump is one of us. And you know why? Because we all fear that you're trying to put us in prison for 700 years. And just take the entire judicial system and throw it at us. And we're not wrong to feel that way. Just look at what you did to the J6ers. Bunch of people that were just fucking aimlessly walking around and you're trying to put them in prison for years and years. Are you out of your mind? So yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you start to to weaponize the judicial system and the entire political system against one half of this country. We come together and we say, fuck off. Fuck you. We know what you're doing. We know who you're coming for, for, and it ain't Trump. It's us. Now, let me say, I don't think that Trump is our defender. And I don't think that if he wins, everything gets better. In fact, I think that if he wins, this will be a shit show like you have never seen before in American history. Like, that bad. But I kind of want to see it. <laughs> because it's so fucked up anyways, man. I think that's how a lot of people feel. Like, can you imagine the, the, the absolute backlash from the establishment, the news, everybody, I mean, the political class, the judiciary... If Donald Trump were to f somehow, somehow win in 24, can you imagine? I mean, it just destroys the, it destroys everything about their legitimacy. Everything. I mean, I'd already laid out the case, but they're, they're literally telling you this guy's a rapist who fucking <laughs> tried to steal an election, who tried to violently overthrow the government and the American people go, that's the guy we want. Think about that. Think about what that says. Think about how much dissatisfaction there has to be in this country for that to be a possibility even. And this, to my libertarian audience, let me tell you, this is why you shouldn't be hopeless. Think about what level of discontent exists if people are willing to vote for that. To go, we hear you and we counter with, we don't care. 
give him a give him to us anyways. <laughs> Make him president again. We don't give a fuck what you have to say about this guy. We know you lie. We know you hate us. He doesn't seem to hate us as much. We want him. We want him because we want a thorn thrown right back at you. In your side. Because you're a thorn in ours. That's the energy. That's the energy that I hear. That's the energy that I feel when I see this, when I see these polls. And I'm like, damn, dude. Damn. The American people are pissed. And think about this, too. It ain't just the Democrats that they're saying that about. They're saying that to the old guard GOP because to many, many GOPers, they view Ron DeSantis as old guard. Right? Rightly or wrongly. That's how they view him. They go, you ain't one of us, dude. We can, we can smell it on you. Maybe they're right, maybe they're not. I don't know. But that's the vibe that, that those polls are giving me. You got a 40-plus point lead facing all the things that I already detailed, and they're saying, by a landslide, we want that, dude. You don't put that genie back in the bottle. That is not something you can suppress endlessly. And if you try and put him in prison, God help us. And if you try and make it so that this election is rigged, God help us. So the calculus that the, the powers that be are having to make in this moment is got to be very advanced. <laughs> like, like uh, this is why I'm so nervous about the next year. Cause I'm like, anything is possible. They're talking about bringing back, um, you know, masking and lockdowns potentially God help us. God help us if they try that. Cause let me make it real, real crystal clear to you. Never gonna happen ever again never we saw what you did we saw the catastrophic consequences of it and the answer even before you've asked the question is absolutely no never never gonna do it and it's an adamant one too let me let me just make sure you understand it's not a suggestion what i'm saying here the answer is fucking Never. We will never lock down again. And for the record, I will never put a mask on again. Ever. Even if it kills me. Don't care. Never going to do it. You know why? Because it, <laughs> it's symbolic of my uh, fealty to you. You lying, duplicitous monsters. So I'm never going to do it. And I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I was pretty much alone in 2020. I ain't alone anymore. There's a hell of a lot of people riding with me on this one. So good fucking luck trying to lie to us about some new variant that we're supposed to poop our pants about. Not going to do it. I already have my depends on. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the only reason I relate to Joe Biden at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can't scare the shit out of me. I already got depends on. Oh my goodness. Before I get out of here, I want to break down a thread that uh, rubbed me the wrong way. As a real estate, Austrian economics, finance guy, mortgage broker, real estate developer, investor, I read this and it pained me. So I figured, well, there's enough people that are reading this. Over 20,000 people read it. I'm going to counter it so that you guys are not led astray. 
So this dude named Egan Robot says, look, I'm going to explain in simple terms that even a Yimby, yes, in my backyard, can understand why we need to tax housing to resolve the housing shortage. As everyone knows, a shortage occurs when prices are too low. At, the, at this low price, quantity demand exceeds quantity supplied and a shortage results. Government intervention is required to help markets clear. Never, ever true. Never the case. Okay? Never the case. It says government intervention is required to help markets clear. Wrong. Okay? Let me explain why. As everyone knows, a shortage occurs when prices are too low. No. Prices are extraordinarily high in real estate. So the fact that there's a shortage tells you that there is government intervention in the first place. You get it? Because if prices are at record highs, which they are, there ought to be unbelievable construction that's happening right now. But there isn't. Now, that's because there's, a, I mean, there's a litany of reasons. One, the regulatory environment to get approval from city planning departments is a nightmare. Taxes is crazy, are crazy. The inflation, which is a product of Federal Reserve policy, as well as the lockdowns, as Crystal stupidly commented, um, that makes it very, very expensive to build new inventory. So a lot of developers are scared because they're afraid that the increasing, once again, government involvement, the increasing interest rate cycle, they're afraid that it's going to drive the economy, the broader economy, into a recession. So because it takes years, usually, to build a large housing development, they're saying, well, the Federal Reserve just went from a quarter point to, you know, five plus, and mortgage rates went from 3% to north of seven. I'm talking 30-year mortgages. What are the odds that we don't see a correction between the inception point of this project and the completion and, and liquidation phase, aka when I sell them? So they're saying to themselves, it's too perilous. It's too dangerous for me to build into this environment. So even though there is a shortage of housing, developers are doing this calculation on their own end and saying it's too dangerous. Not to mention if they want to borrow to build, construction loans are very, very expensive. Eight, nine, 10% interest rate probably at this point. So that's your answer, Egan Robot. And no, government intervention is not required to help markets clear. Government intervention is the reason that this market isn't clearing. To summarize, the reason that we have such disequilibrium in the real estate market is because it's one of the most interest rate sensitive industries out there. And the Federal Reserve has been fucking with interest rates forever, but very egregiously over the past 15 years, ever since the 08 crisis. So the whole reason, the whole reason that we're in this situation, including the Federal Reserve, but also the lockdowns, which screwed up supply chains, which added to the inflationary pressures, plus the printing, plus the Congress, which added more fuel to the infl inflationary fires. All of that adds up to problems. And all of that that I just described is, you guessed it, government. So please, for the love of God, do not try and spin this and say that the government has to help this market clear. They will only worsen the situation. And this is where I have to hammer RFK Jr. RFK Jr. came out yesterday on X saying that he has a plan to help with housing, that he's going to create affordable housing for young people, and he's going to do so with 3% mortgages and blah, 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 blah. I'm not even going to lay out the whole plan for you because it's a disaster. If you want to, if you want to fix this housing market, if you want to actually make it so that people can afford housing again in this country, young people in particular, which I do too, for the record, 
I think it's tragic that so many young people are struggling to buy their first home. The answer, as is always the case, is not more government intervention. It is government abolition. You have to get rid of the Federal Reserve. You have to get rid of all this spending. You have to get rid of all this subsidization of mortgages when it comes to housing. That will make it so that people can actually afford a house because it'll decrease demand for a time, which will ultimately increase the supply available. And then over enough time, you will actually see a leveling out, a major, major leveling out of prices. Prices are way too high and they should not be here. And they would not be here if not for the government. That's an open and shut case. And I will argue with anybody that that's the truth. Let me throw some more shade at somebody that I like a lot otherwise. Vivek, my guy, what happened? I read today that he has proposed a 59% inheritance tax stating people should not basically become billionaires by birth. Vivek, you're going to probably, when you pass away, hopefully at a very old age, because I like you a lot, you're going to be a billionaire. I I see it all over you. You're already halfway there. There's just no way. There's no doubt in my mind that you end up dying as a billionaire. Like you're going to be a billionaire. So you think that this federal government, this monstrosity, which is ruining everything, that it should take $590 million from your kids when you pass after all of the money and all of the taxes you've already paid throughout your entire life. And you think that that money is going to be better spent than if you were to do it. So if you're of the opinion that your children shouldn't become billionaires when you pass, why not direct that money towards foundations and businesses and trusts and things that are set up uh, when you go as most wealthy people do so that you don't have to give it all to the government. Why in God's name should we be taxed upon death when we've been taxed our entire lives? Why? As a small government guy, this is a terrible, terrible answer. And I am disappointed, <laughs> genuinely disappointed. So I hope, I hope that this reporting is wrong and I hope that he will uh, reconsider. And as always, he's welcome back on the show to, to debate this with me because for the life of me, I can understand why a guy who understands that the FBI and all this stuff is so out of control, the military industrial complex, the Federal Reserve, all this stuff. And you go, yeah, when I die, I want 59% of my wealth to go to it. What? No. No, Vivek. No. Say it ain't so. Anyways, I'm going to hop out of here. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting my work as always. If you want to, uh, libertylockdown.locals.com or x.com, sign up to become a subscriber. Uh, as I said, I'm going to follow or follow back up to 100 people that uh, support me over on X. And we are almost there. So last chance. And uh, as always, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I do read them on the show every couple of weeks, and I will do that on the next show. Uh, Dave Smith's coming up, and then Max Blumenthal. That's I don't know exactly. I'm still trying to schedule with these guys, but it's going to be soon. Um, and also Tom Luongo is coming back on. We scheduled that, I think, for next Tuesday. So going to be a great lineup. Uh, I hope you guys are really enjoying them. I'm enjoying them tremendously, and, uh, and it seems like the audience is growing very rapidly. And that's all because of you guys. Please continue to share and clip and do all, all the things that you guys have been doing. Uh, it really does help grow it, and uh, I feel like I feel like I'm on the the precipice here. I feel like it's it's very close to explosive growth mode, and I haven't felt that way since I started the show. So, it means I'm I'm doing something right, 
and and more importantly you guys are doing something right because <laughs> you're sharing it around and telling people uh so thank you so much for doing that and uh, last but not least if you want to pick up liberty lockdown shirt or tower gang shirt go over to toplobster.com or merchengine.com and you'll be able to do so i'll catch you guys soon please hit the like button uh subscribe and uh, post some comments it helps with the algorithms peace big shout out to everybody that's been with me since jump street appreciate y'all welcome to liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweet from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe like nico and shane you're probably wondering what's happening scared hollywood lefties lyrical feminine a typo and luke might bring them nooses we all bite the bullet i'm the king of the gooses freckles and brit didn't know i could spit knew i was a patriot but now i'm a shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running out, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with a fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copied the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip of 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get them off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe